DW. Almost all new mega dams are being built in developing countries, and they're typically tied to economic development. There's this promise of electricity locally and nationally, but it is very often the case that these mega dams do not deliver on those selling points. What they do bring instead is environmental damage. Now, to get an overview of the impacts of megadams, I spoke with Emilio Moran. He is a professor of geography and environment at Michigan State University in the U.S. He's conducted research around megadams for decades. And I started off by asking him, what are the ways that dams affect ecosystems? Rivers carry sediment, and that sediment feeds the fish. It feeds the entire vegetation along the river. So when you stop sediment flowing freely down the streams, you have the elimination of 30 to 40 percent and maybe more of the sediment. And that is a 30, 40 percent impoverishment of all ecosystem ecology on the river. Without nutrients, you have a dead river. So you talked about sediments. What other ecosystem impacts are there? Well, the fish, of course. I mean, the fish are probably the biggest impact. All the studies that have been done of fisheries show a decline both of productivity of the fish and the biodiversity of the fish. On the Itaipu Dam, for example, in the frontier between Paraguay and Brazil, there was a 70% loss of biodiversity on that double river. On the uh, Tukurui Dam that was built in the 80s in the Amazon, there was a 60% drop in productivity of fish. And it's not just productivity in a growth sense, there is also the issue of biodiversity. A lot of the measurements tend to be about fish catches and not about the biodiversity. I mean, I remember going to Manaus when I first started working in the Amazon in the 70s, and on any given day, you would find 250 to 300 species at the fish market on any day. And today you go, and if you find 20 species of fish, it's too many. Wow. So, and it's way down. It's less than 20% of what it used to be. How do dams affect water quality? Oh, wow. If you talk to the people locally, I mean, I used to bathe on the Shingle River, and it is the most crystalline, pure, clear water you ever want to see. And after the dam was built, I was there doing a research project, and it's like mud. This is three years after the dam is finished, but after three years, the river is still basically muddy. Hmm. Now people don't want to bathe in it. It's not just sediment. It changes like the temperature and the chemical makeup. There's so many. Yes, Yes, the temperature definitely changes. Okay, so we have sediment, we have fish, we have biodiversity. And let's talk a little bit about climate change, the reduction of electricity generation because of prolonged and more frequent droughts. Yeah, I mean, there's a lack of coordination. Here you have Brazil depending 67% on hydropower for other energy needs. It's the biggest, by far, source of energy in Brazil. And they depend in the future to build more dams in the Amazon. Yet the prediction is, given that half the rainfall in the Amazon is generated by the rainforest fluxes, if you wipe out half the rainforest, there will be have a loss of rainfall. And then there won't be enough water to provide the amount of power that they predicted would be supplied by those particular dams. Well, it's kind of a vicious circle in a way. 
Yeah, the Belmonte Dam was installed to produce 11 gigawatts of energy, and it's only producing four. You know, that's only a third of what was built to produce. How can they go forward with these projects? Are the governments aware of this information? Well, who wants to build these mega dams? Who benefits from it? Hmm. Well, the people in the area where it's built do not benefit. We know that. Most of the energy produced never goes to any of the people in the area where they're built. It is exported, usually to mineral and industrial production or to very far away urban areas. Hmm. That's one problem. Secondly, that energy, you know, keep energy prices low for urban people who, who can vote and who feel development is taking place if they have lots of cheap energy. And of course, it's greater, greater in the case of the Inga Dam that's being built in the Congo, almost 90% of the energy has already been sold to South Africa for mining interests. So again, who is benefiting? The mining interests are benefiting, and there are politicians who are benefiting from corruption. Well, you make a pretty convincing case against especially these mega dams. But what are some alternatives then? Well, some governments, when they feel pressure and attacked by the critique of mega dams, they say, well, okay, we'll build more small hydropower dams to replace the energy we are unable to produce in the big dams. The reason why small dams were built was because they escaped regulation. In Brazil, dams below a certain size are not subject to any environmental impact or social impact assessment. So those, for a while, you know, hundreds of those were built because they didn't go through any kind of review. But again, if, if you build 25, 30 dams on a river versus one, is it likely that those dams have no impact or lower impact? I, I think not. I think a dam is a dam. It is blocking. It's blocking the fish. It's blocking the sediment. And they're not regulated at all. So you're not promoting small hydro. What would you promote then instead? Well, I think there's wind, there's solar. Our research group has been working for the last four years. We have an engineering team in our group and they're developing an in-stream turbine. I think in-stream turbines are capable of producing substantial amounts of energy using just natural flow of the river. So they basically just drop this small turbine in, in the river and it generates power 24 hours a day. DW. 